finally find your healthy balance. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Me podcast, a place where you can hear from experts in the health, wellness and fitness fields. Each week, I'll catch up with a variety of specialists who will give you practical advice to help you achieve your healthy, balanced lifestyle without missing out on actually enjoying it. Um, So welcome. I am so pleased to um, be having a chat today with my friend and yoga instructor, actually, Tracy Walker. Um, And we're going to have a really great, informal, relaxed chat about yoga and the benefits of yoga and particularly how it can help people with everything that's going on in the world right now. Um, I think in many ways this year has been a bit like a bad horror movie. (laughs) Um, there's been so many knocks to our mental health and well-being and so much stress that we're all experiencing both personally in our own lives and collectively as a as a nation as a, and as a world really so the purpose of series two of this podcast is really to focus on the ways that we can build our strength and resilience and find ways to manage our health and take care of ourselves a little bit better um, so let's dive right in. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, could you start by telling me, telling everybody, sorry, a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah, um, I've been teaching yoga probably for the last three years now as a teacher. Um, but I began my yoga journey back in 2010, um, just following reoccurring cycles of depression, um, being on um antidepressants um, which did follow obviously a a breakdown that I did have Um, I think it was led by being postnatally depressed um, which got deeper every child that I have and I have three Um, (laughs) having a high pressure job and trying to manage the children along with renovating a house was kind of like the camel the straw that broke the camel's back um <laughs> sounds like you had a lot going on <laughs> yeah led me to some quite quite a dark place uh was I'll be honest was quite close to considering taking my own life which was quite sad given that I had uh three children that were quite young um and obviously a very loving and caring husband um and I think also what is important to say at this moment if anybody who knew me probably looked at me they would have thought that I was the pillar of strength they would have thought that oh well we'll go to Tracy because Tracy's always really strong and Tracy gives really good advice and so we'll go to Tracy because I think for a lot of people you have that perception about you Mm -hmm. but actually internally you may have that exterior view but internally you are just blowing up all over the place Um, So just having actually trying to have a relaxation um, sort of treatment, I went for massage and was just actually broke down in tears with the therapist, Um, was probably at the time, you know, very anxious with the breath, very tight in the chest and she recommended to me that I try yoga. Um, I think having exercised all of my life, probably since a child, even with my parents, uh, my exercise regime was like uh, full on training, weight training, all really kind of quite aggressive kinds of sport, running, running half marathons, all very intense. Um, so when someone suggested yoga to me, I was a bit like, mm, 
don't really <laughs> think so not really for me because I'm not very bendy you know I'm, I'm really not flexible which now as a teacher that's all I hear um, but I thought I'd give it a go because as I mentioned I was in a dark place went to a class and fell in love with it and the, I went to um, Shiva Yoga at the time led by Victoria Smith um, yoga teacher who today is still um, sort of one of my mentors if you like in my yoga journey joined her classes and what I loved about them um, and what I brought into my own teaching is that they were led at first by the breath. So just taking that time out before we even move to sort of internalize and just take that little bit of time for ourselves, which I think when we get stressed and we get anxious and things get on top of us, we actually lose sight of us. Mm. We lose sight of that self-care. Um, so that was really great. And also it was very, feeling your body which I try to say to my clients trying to listen to your individual body um, and not trying to contort yourself into say the shape of the position that you feel you should achieve um, and that's what I try to sort of do in my classes obviously fell in love with it it brought a lot more stillness and calmness to my life as my husband and my family will probably put their hands up and <laughs> or big thumbs up and say it definitely did as probably will some of my closest friends in some respects it sort of taught me to stop breathe listen and actually think actually there is things in life that go wrong there is things that we can't control and you know what that's okay mm. you know it yeah. really is okay um, so because of that love, that's why I then turned and thought, do you know what, I want to do this as a job, I want to become a teacher because I want people to feel how I felt. So I want people that, you know, and I have clients now that are anxious, that have terrible anxiety. I have people that are insomniacs that, you know, that can't sleep. So Lots of people feel different stresses in different ways, but when they come to me, I think because I've been through a difficult process, and again, I'm very open about that, I just try to nurture them and hope that they can gain maybe just, even if it's calmness, even if it's, I don't know, just strength, or even if it's just part of just feeling a gentle cuddle of self-love, then that to me is what I like to give as a teacher, and that's how I became a yoga teacher. Wow, I love that. A gentle cuddle of self-love. <laughs> yeah. Which we all need. We all do, definitely, definitely. And I think there's a huge number of people that will resonate with what you just said about what was going on in your life um, and how busy you were. You had a very stressful corporate job as well, is that right? Yeah, I did, yeah, at the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, it's quite interesting that, I think when you're in it, you don't see how stressed you are and you can't really see a way out. You're just busy, 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 busy all the time. It is literally like the hamster wheel because I do remember uh, working in London, being up at like half five uh, when I had the two children at the time. I had to have a nanny, working like 12 hours a day, coming home, feeding the kids, then going back onto the computer. Husband also had a stressful job. At the time, you, when you're logging on at 11 o'clock at night and you're thinking, oh my God, I've got to do this because otherwise, you know, you just lose sight of reality because yeah. actually, if, for God forbid, I was struck down by lightning the next day, 
There was no way you would have read in the newspapers the next day, company collapses because Tracy, Tracy Walker didn't go to work. No, exactly. That's what happens with us all. We just think, yeah. I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And actually, sometimes it's okay to say, no, I'm not going to do this. I need this time right now for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, particularly in the world, the way it is today with mobile phones, the way they are, I mean, those emails, like you say, they're coming in at 10, 11 o'clock at night and all of a sudden your brain's kicked back into action. Oh my God, I've got to do this. I really need to answer that. I really need to do this. Yeah. Those constant micro stresses. Yeah, agreed. Um, and like you say, before mobile phones, they wasn't there, was they? We used to go to work. We used to come home. We used to relax. Um, we'd go in the next day and yeah if it was there was a lot of crap happened overnight then you deal with it the next day but nowadays it's almost like we feel we need to be switched on 24 7 to deal with things and yeah humans first of all we, we can't because we yeah. need that rest and digest time we really do yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent just you know I was reading something the other day about how you have your best thoughts when you're doing absolutely nothing when you're in the shower and we don't get time to have those thoughts anymore. We're just so busy yeah. that the only time we get is maybe five minutes in the shower in the morning. And then eventually when we lay our heads on our pillows at night and then our brains start kicking into action because suddenly we're not being stimulated by everything. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're not what I would describe as a typical yoga instructor, which is something that I love about you. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I love to come into your classes <laughs> um how would you describe your yoga style um well probably about me having had several operations since a young child from the age of 15 um I've had two surgeries on my neck um I've had um because of that lots of issues in the thoracic middle spine um, I've then since recent, well, actually I say recently, probably about seven years ago, I've had a hip surgery, not full replacement, but quite an invasive, uh, treatment where I've ripped the muscle off of my hip. So let's just say I'm not bendy and I'm certainly not flexible. Um, what I would say that in the 10 years that I've practiced is I have seen my body slowly progress. Um, I'm not the stereotypical vegan, I do drink, I don't eat meat anymore, that is a, a new thing which again we can talk about another time, but I don't <laughs> eat meat anymore. Um, but I also as well just encourage to people to be who, who they are. I'm not wafer thin, um, you know, so I'm not the stereotypical that you picked up a magazine and looked in the book, that's not me. I practiced in Hatha yoga, which really is the grounding of every yoga type, really. Um, again, I know there's so many different types there that confuses people, but most practices would come from Hatha. Um, and just breaking that down, just to give people some thought on that, heart of the Hatha means sun and the Tha actually means moon. So again, when we're coming into yoga with Hatha, you're trying to balance yourself between sun and moon, which is the opposites. So again, trying to bring balance into the mind, balance into the body. Um, so my classes are all based on Hatha underlying. Um, I like to vary my classes, as you well know. Um, I love to focus at the start always on the breath because we can come into class from a busy school run or 
by having an argument with our children because we've forgotten their PE kit or they've forgotten their PE kit. <laughs> For some reason, that becomes our whole issue. So I like them to come into class. I like you to focus and just take that time again to internalize, uh, focus on the breath before we gently stretch and then we move into some more asanas. Um, and at the end, we always, as you well know, finish with a lovely meditation or relaxation script. Again, just to let people unwind and just to spend at the end of the class, we all have two minutes, just silent, just being with the breath and just trying to relax that last bit further before we go back and jump into that crazy world. Yeah. So always saying to you, as you will know, as my students, you come to me for the hour, hour and 15 minutes. That's one hour of self-love for yourself. Nobody yeah. else. A hundred percent. And it really, really works as well. And I've been doing the class with you on a Monday morning. Um, and I know a couple of weeks ago, I'd got up, I'd rushed out the door, got the kids to school, running around, running around, thinking about the million things that I'd got to do that week. And how was I going to do them? And where was I even going to start? And ah, that moment on a Monday morning. And do I even have time for yoga? I'm not sure I've got time for this. But I came along and did the class. And I felt so much better afterwards, just having taken that time to breathe, to calm down, to relax, <laughs> to spend a bit of time on me. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, so I'm going to start with this. I just really cleared my head. Allowed you to take to start. a step back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so important. Yeah. And as I was saying, one of the things I love about the class, you know, I've been practicing yoga on and off really for oh, since before I had Harry. So maybe 10 years now, I still can't get my feet flat on the floor <laughs> in the downward dog position. I still struggle to balance. But I think one of the great things about, you know, yoga, I think people find it daunting because they feel like if they're going to do yoga, everybody can get their feet flat. Everybody can do this stretch. They can do the crow pose. They can do the pigeon pose. And it's not like that for everybody. Everybody has their own journey. Everybody's completely individual. And I love that you see that in people and encourage it. Hmm. And you always, as I say to you in class, I think the most important thing is, if you're trying to force your body, if you like, effectively into a stretch um, and it's hurting or you're pushing your body, your body's response immediately will go into stress response. Yeah. So you'll immediately go into stress response because your body will be like, what are you doing? That's actually quite painful. <laughs> if you continue with this, you are going to hurt yourself. So your, your body and your mind are so 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 clever that your body will then tense so the whole point of you coming to the class is for you to relax so that's why I always say to you if you can be with the breath and feel your body don't ever force it we want a gentle pull so we can feel and lengthen those muscles and those stretches but again as I say to you if you can't get into the position tell me there's always an alternative as well yeah. um, and I think yoga is really about not is non-judgmental so it's not oh my God, look at the woman opposite, like next to me. There's no need to do that. When you're at yoga, it's just you. And that's why sometimes I'll say, close the eyes. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing around you. It's what you're doing for your body. And actually some days that may be different to other days when you practice yoga as well, depending on what's going on in your mind and your body. 
Yeah, and even from one side to the other, you know, when you we're going through the class, some sides you can stretch and your hips feel brilliant on one side, and on the other side, it's agony. <laughs> but we're all unbalanced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it's interesting, really. It's one of the things I talk to my clients a lot about how bio-individual we all are how completely different you know the foods we like are different the exercise we like to do is different the in the move the way we move our bodies the way we rest the things we enjoy and yoga really is no different to no, that no, absolutely um, and I think it's really finding a way to practice yoga that works for you as an individual yeah it is absolutely um, and also as I say it's being with the breath um, the breath part of yoga for me is key um, because it does lower that stress response. Mm. Um, you're probably aware that they say that your your tummy is the second brain. So when we learn to control our breath and we work with the diaphragm, we naturally relax the tummy area. So and it is our second sort of brain mm. because when we're stressed, some people eat, some people don't eat. You know. So we can, if you can then control and relax the tummy area and learn to breathe properly when you're feeling stressed or anxious, it can stop you from thinking, right, I am just going to have that chocolate bar or this that, and the other, because, you know, you're then controlling your emotions in your tummy. And we take so much emotion in the tummy, which is, you know, is key to sort of trying to manage so we can relax and have a more healthier lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking earlier about how your journey into yoga has really transformed your life. When you started yoga, were you still in the stressful job yeah. then? Yeah. Um, probably, was I still working then? No, I wasn't working then, but I had three children under five and was renovating uh, a house. <laughs> trying to get one one child to school and the other two up to meet builders at eight o'clock in the morning so it was relatively stressful um I had a husband that was extremely stressed working really long hours and coming home like you know really sort of stressed himself which obviously you know in a relationship you would take the stresses on of your partners as well um but I have, I, I started then, as I say, and then I just gently progressed into it, started class once a week, um, found that that was making me feel a lot better. So you um, did feel the benefit straight away then? Just by, by coming in spread. First of all, I'll be honest, when I first started the breath work, I was like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. But the more you practice, and I think that's one thing to mention actually to people, is often when you start, say like if you start meditation which is a, obviously a part of a yoga practice or if you start breath work you'll start it and you'll think oh no this is this is not for me this is not working I feel still full stress well let's just remember that to become in that stress state did it take one hour of a class to get like that probably not it's probably taking you a build-up like for myself it took mm. a build-up probably I mean the age spread between my children was was five years it probably took five years of a lot of stress building up to one sort of big explosion mm. so I think we have to remember this the same as like when people go on diets you kind of go on a diet and want to lose the weight quickly but it probably took a year to two years to go on yeah. so I think the important thing to mention here is if people are looking to go into yoga which obviously I'd highly recommend is remember you know that 
it's a journey and actually there's no end goal so you're just working towards you feeling better you know that's not oh I'm going to go to yoga and by next month I'm going to feel wonderful and great you've just got to work with your body work with what's going on in your life your family and different things and remember at times that you will have a bad moment where you still feel you know angry anxious whatever it is but then you're also look at how many times maybe by just doing the breath work and you've calmed down maybe that you feel better and gradually that will just progress over time and you will feel for me a lot more in control yeah I certainly found as well with the the breathing breathing it was something that I found really daunting at the beginning when I've first went into yoga classes oh this feels a bit hippie-ish I'm not sure about this but it taking those lessons from yoga and those breathing exercises into other parts of my life has had a huge impact and helping my children for example you know my eldest sometimes suffers with anxiety and I just sit and I breathe with him and show him how to do those deep breathing it's helped me at times when I'm feeling stressed and everything's got a little bit too much to just actually take a step back and just take a few really deep breaths. Yeah, it's uh, like you say, again, just grounds you or just internalize you, even if it's for a few moments. It means you've paused, you've stopped and you've listened to your breath. As I explained this morning in class, we're talking now, we're breathing. We don't need to, we don't need to think about breathing. It's something we naturally do from the moment we're born. We just naturally breathe. If we stop and just spend the time to listen, even if it's for 30 seconds in that one day, you've taken time out of that busy world just to stop and listen and just yeah. be aware and be in the present moment, which you know can really help. Yeah, I, I'm guessing as a yoga instructor, then you've been doing it for three years, you must have seen some really great transformations with some of your clients. As I well. have. Um, some of them, I've had them, I've had a, um, a really good friend of mine's child, actually, well, I say child, sort of adolescent, who got into a bit of a pickle after going off to university, come to some lessons with me, and really thoroughly enjoyed them. Now, who would have thought maybe a teenage boy would be that open minded to mm. do that? I did and really help them. Um, I also have, as I say, um, quite a few clients that suffer with insomnia when they wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep because their brain's racing. Mm -hmm. So my first key point to people would always be have a pad and pen next to your bed. So when you wake up and those thoughts are coming, write them down because even just by writing them down, you're ridding them out of your, your actual conscious mind. You're, you know, so in the morning, that list is still going to be there. You're not yeah. going to forget about them because you wrote, wrote them down. My other tip, which I've done with a lot of clients, which has really worked, is an easy posture called legs up the wall, where you literally swing your legs and your legs are inverted up the wall. Your back is relaxed on the floor. So I have a client that does wake up at two o'clock in the morning and then her husband's like, what are you doing? <laughs> she has her legs up the wall. She brings her hands to her belly. She connects with her breath. So being with the legs inverted, obviously it starts to lower her blood pressure. She's got the focus of the breath with the hands on the tummy. It calms her down. She gets back into bed and she goes back to sleep. Now for <laughs> me, as a yoga teacher, I find that is just amazing that yeah. I've taught somebody a very simple breath works, not doing anything, you know, um, difficult, um, just a posture that's very relaxing and naturally puts on the rest and digest state within the body. 
and can help her get back to sleep or at least get her to relax so she can then get back into bed and sleep. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's one of my favourite postures. I love it. <laughs> it is really relaxing to, to be with your feet up in the air. Yeah. Well, yeah. it starts to reverse the blood flow so, you know, you can start to relax and just get into that lovely state and I think once you're comfortable in it you could probably stay there forever <laughs> yeah I think you could <laughs> and we were chatting just before we uh, were recording this podcast as well that you teach yoga to a huge variety of people yeah I do. Um, complete age range <laughs> I mean some one of them will be my son who sometimes joins me he is 11 and one of my eldest clients is my mother, who is 79. So that just shows you that yoga is absolutely for everyone because I have my son who can absolutely get into all these moves. <laughs> Myself, who's nearly 50, who mm, I'd say is probably about 60% bendy-ish, but can't get into all the moves neither. And then my mum, who probably can't do half the moves, but she still does the classes with me because we adapt postures and we just use props if we need to. And she works with the class that you would have done this morning. So yeah, it's brilliant. And how long has your mum been practicing yoga for? Is she new to it like you? Uh, no, she's been practicing with me since I taught. So she's been with me just over two two years now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which just goes to show it's never too late to start. No, not at all. It was 77. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, and what else was I going to ask you? Uh, so that was it. You've been on some yoga retreats as well. I have, yes. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Um, the retreats I've done were with my mentor, Victoria uh, Smith. Um, so again, three nights. Um, they were focused on arriving on the Friday, doing a nice sort of flow class, um, having a light dinner and then going into a lovely um, meditation, which was lovely, restful sleep. Saturday, waking up, doing a real energized flow um, and then having breakfast because obviously we don't want to be doing yoga on a full tummy. Um, and then in the afternoon, again, doing more of a varied practice and then maybe doing different things. So we did meditations once where, um, and I've yet to do this, so maybe I'll have to do this with you, Sarah. I think you'll like it. <laughs> where we've done a meditation with chocolate. Oh, so that sounds like my kind of meditation. <laughs> <laughs> Not putting the chocolate straight in and chewing it is like, again, being mindful, putting the chocolate in, feeling the taste, how it feels in the mouth, you know, sucking the chocolate instead of just eating it even having it holding in the hands and as you press it see how it melts so really becoming aware mm -hmm. um, mindful of what you're eating so we've done one of those at the retreats we've done yoga nidras which are yogic sleep which are just another whole heap of delight shall we say <laughs> they are wonderful you they really i have done a few here for my clients they really are lovely a yoga nidra it's called a yogic sleep it lasts about 45 minutes to an hour um, and it is really, really lovely. I've never heard of that. So you actually sleep? Yeah, you, yeah. you, you don't. You kind of go in and out because I'm talking the whole time. So again, it's very therapeutic. It's Ooh. very sort of mantra, um, like you, you're given, it's quite weird the script actually for the yoga nidra, but it is really good for just again, switching off, um, 
you know, because actually by just focusing and listening to my voice and what I'm saying, you're not racing your brain mm. on think of all these other things. So the retreats are good. Um, predominantly the ones I've been on is a vegetarian based diet. I've been to one in Spain, which was lovely because we did yoga outside in the sunshine. I mean, oh, how good does that happen? <laughs> And, you know, very healthy foods, um, you know, juices and stuff like that. So you come back from a weekend and you you do feel refreshed and revived mm. because you've been gentle to sort of your body and your mind. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend them. Well, yeah. As and when we can all go. When we can all get back out again. <laughs> um, interesting, actually, what you were just saying about the mantras. It was actually something I was talking to my husband about the other day um, and finding a way to relax. I think a lot of people find the thought of meditation quite daunting. Um, the thought of just sitting there and doing nothing. Again, it's this, I guess it's the perception of yoga. It's this hippie thing that people do, but it doesn't work for me. I'm too busy. I haven't got time. But we did a man mantra in one of the classes where you're literally, you were just tapping across your fingers to a chanting sound. And I really enjoyed that. I found it hugely beneficial because it really does switch your mind off. You can't think of anything else. No, um, you can't. I mean, as the various types of thing, again, when people think of meditation, they think, have they got to sit there cross legs with their fingers <laughs> humming? Um, no, you haven't. You can actually just maybe sit down, play uh, a song on the radio, but actually listen to every single word that's in that song. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's lots of different ways that we can meditate and we can, you know, take ourselves out of the situation, um, not just by sitting there and being silent, because um, lots of people, and probably I'm a little bit still like that myself, you do struggle because your brain just wants yeah. to go off and think of different things. So, you know, we all have busy life. That's just kind of what our brains are trained or programmed to do. So it is good if you can have a lead one. There's lots of things on websites, online. There's lots of apps. There's the Calm app, I believe. Um, there's lots of different yoga apps. So it's best to sort of try some out that maybe are free or do a free trial, because again, it will depend on what people like. Um, for me personally, um, the thing that I find calming is when I go to bed, I'll put on some of my relaxing music and I will just lay down on my back, bring my hands to my tummy and I will just feel and be with my breath. So as I inhale, I'll just feel the tummy expand. As I exhale, I'll feel my fingers drop. And just by doing that and listening to a calming bit of music has normally switched me off when I'm asleep. Mm. So there's all different things we can do or just bring in the hands like we did today, having hands in prayer, thumbs in towards the heart and just feel your breath for a couple of minutes. So there's different things that we can be classed as meditation. Um, yep. It doesn't have to be the, you know, hmm, sitting there humming With along. Your fingers up. <laughs> in your chin mudra. It really doesn't have to be like that at all. Um, yeah. or, and again, just even if you take five minutes out when you're eating your lunch, just to maybe focus on what you're eating or when you're prepping your food. Maybe as you're making a salad, maybe if it is look at the rainbow of colours. Just becoming aware and mindful of what you're doing will just take you out of that manic brain mm. even for five minutes. Yeah, and that five minutes is hugely effective. It can yeah. change the way your whole day is going and will go afterwards. And also, I think uh, um, sort of like a mantra that stuck with me, actually, which actually came from a, um, a 
therapist that I did see was she said to me that we're all human we all make mistakes you know no one here no one is perfect you know that's just how we're, we're made and the thing that she kept saying to me all the time which continues to resonate with me now and I often bring myself back to saying it internally is does it really matter so mm. for instance the other week I had a I wouldn't even say it's a stressful situation but most people probably felt or would deal with it that way when my son was calling me because he had to come back from school because he thought he had suspected COVID now at that time he called me mid-class so I took the call only because I'm concerned that you know how urgent was it then when he expressed that you know I've got to pick him up from school immediate response would be right I've got to go right now Mm -hmm. and then actually when you just stop well if I worked in London I wouldn't be able to leave the house right now um he's now sitting in the sick room so does it really matter if I get there now or does it really matter if I get there in an hour once I've finished teaching my class with the people that have come to spend time with me because they need time out of their day so sometimes we just need to take that step back and just have yeah. that right thought process but the knee-jerk reaction is like oh my god I've got to go I've got to get to the school <laughs> you know it's so many things in life actually require that response if you actually drill things down in your life there's very few things that require that response and I think that's what we sort of lose sight of today in this manic world so sometimes it is okay to be late it really is you know it is okay just to sit down on the sofa maybe have a cry one day if that's how you feel just cry it get it out of your system there's no judgment there if you need to cry your body will tell you you need to release it and let it go yeah that's such great advice just to when something happens that's stressful does it matter just stop does it really matter really analyze that and think to yourself does it you know who is this really going to impact here mm. and nine out of ten if you kind of draw that thought you know if you come away from your instant response you'll probably think actually it doesn't really matter no <laughs> my house looks like a tip for another five minutes longer no no Exactly. And I think, you know, in today's world, we put so much pressure on ourselves to, and it's almost the done thing to be busy. If you're not busy, then what are you doing with your life? You know, so you should be constantly busy and stressed. You know, it's the trendy thing to do, as it were. But actually taking that time for yourself is hugely important and nothing is that important that you can't take five minutes to drink your cup of tea without your phone in your hand or without talking to somebody or without doing something else at the same time and not feeling guilty for doing yeah. so. that's that's key and just one of the things going back to the mantras what we were saying is another thing I would I would just say to people again if, if you need that time out is one thing I did start doing is I did start writing a, a diary of, of how I felt that day, which is quite a big thing to do. So not everyone's going to want to do that. But what you can do is every night when you go to bed, just think of one thing you're grateful for. Mm. And when you wake up the next morning, again, just have a little thing, one thing you're grateful for in your life. You know, it could just be, actually, I'm quite grateful today because I've got into the hairdressers before COVID lockdown. (laughs) It can be the simple things. Like, you know, you said to me yesterday, you had a really good day yesterday. We had a really good laugh at yoga. Sometimes it's the simple things, but we lose sight of those. So I think if we can just reflect back on the end of our day, one good thing, maybe three if you can, 
And in the morning, just be grateful that, first of all, you've managed to get out of bed and you can start another day. Um, yeah, absolutely. So being, and again, not being hard on yourself, maybe getting up in the morning when you look at yourself in the mirror, rather than thinking, oh my God, look at the roots of my hair, look at this. Just look at yourself and think, Do you know what? I am beautiful. I am loved. I have, you know, look at what you do have that's not materialistic. Yeah. You know, the fact that you can get up and you clean to. I know people go, well, that's so easy for you to say. But honestly, if you're positive in your mind, it really will rub it off on your general health. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. It's not easy for anybody to say. It's not easy for anybody to look at themselves in the mirror and find something they like about themselves. You know, we're so programmed to find things wrong with ourselves. But there is nothing to feel guilty about and there is nothing wrong with saying actually I quite like my bum or <laughs> I look really good in this top it really suits me or oh I'm having a good hair day you know actually find something good yeah absolutely it can be just the smallest things you know just be that you've had that phone call or a funny text message from your friend whatever it is or yeah. just knowing that you've actually got some friends around you or your family it can be silly things just appreciating like for me my parents are elderly they're still healthy and actually they're still here so mm. I'm grateful for that you know yeah yeah it's really good to it's really good to challenge yourself to think of something you're grateful for I think sometimes I do it quite a lot with the boys they quite often roll their eyes at me <laughs> um and your first reaction if we pick them up from school what good thing happened today what you what happened today that made you feel really happy? And the immediate reaction is nothing, nothing happened. Da, 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 da. But if you really push somebody and if you push yourself, you will always come up with something that good yeah. that happened in your day or something that you're grateful for. Do the children normally say home time? Yeah, <laughs> lunch is usually James's reaction. <laughs> I remember saying to my child years ago, what, what do you like most about school? And he went, break time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah fair enough it's then when I was at work to be fair sometimes some of the best bit of my day was lunchtime <laughs> or break time <laughs> so um one of the things that I focus on as a health coach is around the four healthy habits which is to eat sleep move and breathe um, and yoga really firmly focuses on the move and the breathe side of things. But as you've already touched on a little bit, I think it really flows into the eat and sleep as well. Hugely, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the breath work can help with the sleep. Um, yoga can obviously help you de-stress, which then obviously helps you uh, get maybe a more a better sleep or better quality of sleep because you can learn to switch off the brain. And for me, I find as well, probably on my yoga journey, which is continuing to evolve, as I've just mentioned to you, since July, I decided not to eat meat. Mm. Um, so it's just one of those decisions I made. And I haven't looked back, really. I feel a lot better for it. Um, and that's maybe just because the more I do practice my yoga, the more in tune I do become with myself. Mm. Um, and I do notice that. I notice that when I, if I feel a little bit low or fed up, I think, oh, well, I just grab some chocolate, I'll do this. And then actually I feel worse. Yeah. I never feel satisfied. So then I'm just taking one chocolate bar or then I, oh, well, maybe now I need a biscuit. And it seems to be a bit of a cycle. Mm. So, And I can never, ever use the food to 
make the feeling better if that makes sense yeah so what I find I do is if I can keep my diet healthy and I feel good and I'm drinking lots of water so therefore to me my gut health is healthier I just naturally feel better Mm -hmm. so there must be some correlation there and as I say I know from yoga where we work with the breath to sort of de-stress by using the belly breath that we use a lot in yoga by focusing on the diaphragm and just really expanding that lung capacity is the connection with the belly and the mind it's, yeah. it's huge so it if is. you're feeding your tummy rubbish I think you're going to feel rubbish in the mind oh, yeah a hundred percent and you know the whole concept of intuitive eating is really listening to your body and how it feels when you eat certain foods um and like you say is that actually making you feel any better nine times out of 10, it's not, it's an immediate satisfaction. And then two minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm still hungry or, oh, I feel a bit sick now. <laughs> or I wish it's I hadn't eaten that. a bit mechanical, doesn't it? That you just go mm. to grab for things like that as, again, sometimes if you just stop again and listen, you think, oh, do I really, am, am I eating that because I'm hungry? And no, I'm not actually, I'm eating that because I'm bored or I'm eating yeah. that because I'm stressed or I'm eating that because I'm worried. So I think that's definitely the case. But then I do have other times where obviously I'm, I'm menopausal at my age where I will think, actually, no, I need a piece of chocolate and I will have the piece of chocolate and it will be just what I needed at yeah. that time. Perfect. Because <laughs> you know, I've actually listened yeah. to how I'm feeling. I'm thinking, no, I need a bit of sugar. Yeah. I have that one piece and that has kind of satisfied that need rather than it being more of a just a grab and a go-to and not really consciously thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes when you deprive yourself of these things as well, it gets stuck in your mind and then you can't stop thinking about it. Sometimes you're actually better off just eating it. (laughs) Or drinking it. Yeah, or drinking it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, So I think a really good takeaway from this actually is that yoga is for everybody. Um, And whilst it might feel a little bit daunting, I've been to some yoga classes previously that really were not for me um, and it is entirely personal the the classes that I went to was more with the bells and the chiming and the chanting and it just it didn't suit me I didn't feel comfortable I didn't feel relaxed but the classes that I go to with you it's a much different experience it's more suited to me and my personality with yeah. similar people to me yeah and I think you know you're not going to be able to walk into a class straight away and think oh yes this is definitely right for me it does it does take time I like like you I've been to I was lucky that the person I found initially was absolutely amazing however being to retreats and stuff obviously I've been taught by different teachers I've done different styles as well so like for me ashtanga yoga is very fast paced it doesn't work for me I'm Mm. like I'm it doesn't work for my physical body. It then makes me feel stressed. It's just not for me. Mm. Um, I'll do my own version of Ashtanga with my clients in a way that can be more slower led and just more flowy. And the opposite side of that, I've done yin yoga, which is um, very slow pace, holding positions for you know a good five to 10 minutes. Again, not for me because I'm then stuck in a position. I'm thinking, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get out of this position. <laughs> So like anything in life, when we first grow up as babies, we don't like some foods. So we get given them, we don't like them. So your mum changes them and you try something else. So try and be open-minded 
with yoga or, or even if it's just any other exercise that you're doing to make you feel better just remember that you know if you go there and you absolutely hate the class then obviously no but don't go there if the class is good but just because you can't do what the teacher's doing then just stick with it and make it your individual practice your journey yeah I think you know you need to find the right yoga instructor and as a yoga instructor you'll find in the right clients that suit you as well absolutely. finding that match yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. Um, and then one final thought before we leave everybody then. Um, so I think there's an awful lot of people who are having a really hard time right now who've struggling. I've certainly had my own struggles through um, COVID and through the lockdowns and trying to keep my own mental health in check. And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the same. We're all having down days. I've had days when I've just sat and cried, same as you're saying there, you know, when you're just feeling really fed up. Um, what kinds of things would you recommend to people? The first thing I would say is don't judge yourself. So it is okay to feel down. Um, like it's okay to feel euphoric and happy. It's just another feeling that we have. So that to me would be the first thing is don't judge yourself. You know, if you want to sit there and cry all day, I think that's your body kind of telling you it, that's what it needs. It's mm -hmm. like, if you're tired, go to bed, make sure you rest. Um, so I think being aware and not being judgmental of yourself is one, as we've already covered, just maybe taking time out, not necessarily to meditate, but just to become aware and be mindful. So it could be when we're prepping food, looking at the colors, maybe touching, feeling the textures more, becoming aware, becoming mindful or maybe just taking that time to sit down with your family, have the dinner, no one's got their phones, just making special time with people that you know you care for and, and care for you. Um, so really just taking the time out for yourself and not feeling guilty for that. You can focus on the breath. Um, there's lots of breathing exercises that you can again Google online. An easy breath to do is what we call a four, five, six, where you'd breathe in for four, you'd hold that breath in for five, and then you'd breathe out for six counts. That's a really easy breath to do. And if you're stressed in the car, you could do that anywhere. And no one else needs to know that you're doing it. You can take yourself off to the toilet. So your husband or your kids are not looking at you thinking, what are they doing? No, yeah. we can do that even for a couple of minutes in the toilet. Um, also as well, maybe just get away from people. So if you are indoors, just go and take yourself away in the bathroom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just change rooms if you have that flexibility. So just don't feel guilty, I think. Put yourself as number one. Remember that no one on this earth, everyone needs a cuddle and everyone needs love. Mm -hmm. You need that as human beings. That's just the way we're built. So if you're not getting that from any other aspects of your life, then you can definitely give that to yourself because we're all amazing and we all deserve to be loved. And I think that's the most important thing, really. Oh, that is a perfect place to leave it. What a nice ending. <laughs> thank you very much, Tracy. Really, oh, really appreciate it. Welcome. I've loved it, So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been brilliant. And for anybody that wants to find you, you have a, a page on Instagram. I do. Right? Go on Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Yeah. 
um, you can message me on there um, and I can tell you about the classes because as we move into lockdown now, I'm going to be teaching obviously via Zoom because unfortunately I can't have people in the studio. So, um, you know, you can come along and just join a class, see if you like it. And if you don't, you can just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So yours in yoga is the best place to find you and get hold of On you. Instagram, yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. All right. Thank you. you very much, Tracy. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you did, please take a few minutes to add a star rating and a review. Please also share with your friends who you think may find this useful. Have a fabulous day ahead.